Welcome to the Break the Chains, Find Your Flame podcast. My name is Steve Wopolinik. I'm a licensed mental health counselor and one of the founders of the Promethean Project. Our guests are people who have broke the chains of their limitations and found the strength of their potential. We offer their stories as inspiration and as guidance to help others navigate their quest to find their flame. Welcome back. As always, Breakers, it is my privilege and pleasure to be your guide on this podcast journey. Welcome to episode 22 of Break the Chains, Find Your Flame. Now, I'm recording this on Valentine's Day, and I think it's very apropos because our guest today is all about taking care of himself and taking care of others, but really preaches about self-care honoring your gifts, and using your gifts to give back to others, to create community, and honor spiritual practices to better yourself and others in the world. So, because Valentine's Day is so focused on love, it can be really excluding of people who aren't in relationships or feel like they don't have anyone to share Valentine's Day with. Now, by the time this comes out, Valentine's Day will be over, but I want you to hold this concept in mind while listening to this podcast. Love is love, right? And and we use that in so many different terms. Love is love when it comes to self-love and self-care as well. You don't need someone to share Valentine's Day with. You can share it with yourself and you can honor yourself and honor what you have to give to the world, to the people around you, but then also to yourself as well. And this practice of self-care and self-love is something that is really important, not only for yourself, But it's important for us to teach the younger generations that this practice is something that we have to prioritize. Our guest on this episode is none other than Shannon Algio. Shannon is a life coach, a motivational speaker, and a yoga slash meditation teacher. He's the host of his own podcast on iTunes called Soul Feed and interviews iconic wellness leaders in the well-being space like Deepak Chopra, Gabby Bernstein, Marion Williamson, Caroline Miss, and many more. Shannon works with clients to heal old patterns of trauma and negativity so that they can powerfully show up in the world to live a life of power, presence, and purpose. And let me tell you, that's not, that's not hype at all. Shannon is one of the most amazing people I've had the pleasure to talk to. And in talking to him, he really brings to life all these concepts or these abstract concepts that people may not really understand or only have a, a, a small amount of understanding about. He's able to break it down in a way that anyone can pick up and really stress the importance about these things. So we get in 
to a lot of things on this podcast, but one of the most important things is self-care, which is why I had that rambling introduction about self-care and self-love and honoring gifts is because really this is at the heart of what we talk about at the Promethean Project and also at the heart of what Shannon does. So we have a really powerful conversation about that and how to do that and sometimes what some distractors are and how we can get over those distractions to honor ourselves, our emotions, and our gifts. We also have a, a pretty in-depth conversation about Frozen 2, which I really loved, so I hope you guys love it too. I could ramble on and on about Shannon, but you're not here to listen to my intro. You're here to listen to what Shannon has to say. So why don't we start the podcast now? In a world where humanity's potential is imprisoned and locked away, our only hope is to break the chains and find our flame. Welcome, Shannon. Algeo, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Steve? I'm fantastic. Thanks for coming on again. Um, I'm super stoked to have you. You know, we've had some um, yoga teachers and, and some meditation teachers on. And I don't really know how I got connected with you on Facebook, but I know that we have some mutual fa- friends. And I love every single post that you have there. So I'm, I'm glad to have you on. I'm really excited to hear more about your story. And I've been listening to Soul Feed pretty Justly over the last couple uh, days, so I'm, I'm picking out some fun ones to listen to on your podcast as well. Oh, fun! Cool. Yeah, well, I um, I also don't know how we got connected on Facebook. I just know whenever I see your name, I'm like, yes, like I always feel the good energy that you put out. Um, so I'm glad that we are somehow, unbeknownst to <laughs> you and I, connected here right now. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, Shannon, can you tell? Uh, my listeners a little bit about yourself and what your story is, what your passions are and what your drive is related to. Yeah. So hello, (laughs) Um, my name is Shannon and I am a human being (laughs) who teaches meditation and uh, I'm a coach. I'm a soul coach, life coach. I help people connect to their inner purpose, power, and peace, really. Um, And, you know, I think, and one of the reasons I'm really excited to be talking to you and 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 excited about the conversations that you have on this podcast are, um, I'm really passionate about supporting people looking at the systems within themselves that we've often adopted from the cultures that we grow up in and from how we're told to be and who we're told to be in the world. Um, Looking at the impact of those systems, those structures that, that we've adopted as our own, but actually are not the truth of who we are. And what I find is like when we put on these masks and these layers, these shields and, and this armor, uh, that is who society tells us to be. We we lose connection to the truth of who we are, and then we lose connection to our to our true power. Right. Um, and so, I, you know, this is the journey that I've been on personally in my life uh, of not realizing how much power I had, and time and time again going through this sort of spiritual journey of reckoning with with where the power has always been 
which is inside of me. And, um, and so, yeah, I, I, I mean, more specifically, like I grew up in theater. Um, I grew up doing musicals and dancing from the time that I was 11. I was on a trajectory to perform. Um, I went to school for musical theater. I studied dance and voice and acting like rigorously in college. And when I moved to New York city, when I was 22, um, I just was like, uh, all of my passion for theater was dried up. You know, I, I was in a really intense conservatory theater program where the general philosophy was like, let's beat these students down and see who's, who can get back up kind of vibe. Fine. It was a super fun. Well, the weird part about it is like, I have such fun memories from my time at Syracuse. Um, and it there, it was also really intense for me. Like I, you know, I, and I think like I, I say for me, maybe it wasn't this way for everyone. Although I know I have like uh, fellow classmates who experience similar things, but m- for me, my passion was and, and my talents. W- it just wasn't what I needed at the time um, in terms of like fostering my my talents and my gifts and my passion right. and my abilities. It for me, it, it pointed out all of the areas of lack. And perhaps that's what I needed to go through spiritually was really to reckon with the lack of confidence, the doubt that I had in myself. Um, and and this, this notion that other people, people powerful outside of me, professors, the people who decide who is good and who is not good, who gets to be in the show, who doesn't get to be in the show, right. who is front row in the dance number and who's in the back row or not in it at all, like all... You know, letting those people decide my worthiness, that has been the healing of, of time and time again, whether it's through uh, a boss or, or parent or significant other, romantic partner, is seeing where do I give my power away to, to let someone, de- someone else decide my worthiness. Right. And and how can I actually be a conscious participant in remembering that that's not someone else's job to decide and that we are all inherently worthy? Um, so so yeah, that, and, and that really is this up a little bit is how I found yoga, which led me to a path of coaching and starting my podcast Soul Feed, um, which led me to the work I'm doing now, which is really a lot of inner work through the modalities of, of meditation and yoga nidra, um, which is similar to a meditation practice. Um, it's a bit different, but, it, but it's a practice of becoming awake to the areas of our lives and the areas of ourselves uh, that we are asleep to. That's awesome. I mean, that, yeah. that was probably the most beautifully worded introduction I've had <laughs> on the podcast of I like how you started off talking about the pieces of ourselves and how we give those to all these societal norms but all these people in our lives and I feel like even though we're thousands of miles away you just radiate this this passion and this drive and this connection to human soul that that's amazing and so I think everything you mentioned the name of your podcast so on point with like who you are and you can tell that you spent a lot of time really figuring that out so that when you when you give part of yourself away to something whether it's yoga or your business or meeting with people it's a genuine part that that you've connected to and and it's receptive received in a great way 
Yeah, you know, it, it's like, thank you for that. It, it's it's like, ultimately, I this is kind of like how I think of things now. It's like, I really want to like myself. I really want to be proud of myself. And when I go to bed at night, know that I did my best. And when I get up in the morning, be excited about what I'm committed to. And realized is that in order for me to... Um, in order for me to like myself, I need to honor myself. I need to to be authentic and real and show up as me and give what I have to give and not give what I don't have to give. Right. Um, but it's those moments where I'm where I've been out of alignment and I've tried to give something that I don't actually really energetically have to give. It, like so many of us, we sometimes try and give on empty without filling ourselves up. Um, and taking care of ourselves so that we can sustainably take care of others and share with others in an abundant way that's not resentful and ridden with guilt and 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 all stuff. So so yeah, it's like it's like kind of how I check in with myself around like, well, what am I doing today and what am I committed to? Is like I I want to I want to feel good about the person that I'm being, and that is connected to how I'm showing up in the world, what I'm committed to, what I'm saying no to. And, and then of course, like my own practice of, of meditation and my own spiritual practice of being with myself and doing my inner work um, and showing up for that as a, as it arises in my life and it arises. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So, so you strike me as someone who's, who's extremely empathetic and uh, connected to that and know the power of that. How, so you're talking about showing up and not giving what you can't give and giving what you can give. How do you, how do you build those boundaries into your life? How have you found constructing that or or knowing how to do those things? Where has that come from for you? Yeah. Well, two answers come to one trial and error. Like you, you sometimes and, and virtually all times we get on our right path in life by being off the path. By being like stuck in the weeds and like chipping branches and being like, where's the path? And <laughs> right. I mean, sometimes we have to blaze our own trail and that's how it works. But, but it, when you're on your path, you, there's a sense of, there's a sense of like, like my prayer every day is may I be of service and may I share my gifts. And that to me acknowledges two things. It acknowledges like like a deep humility of like, may I be of service. This is not all about me. Like I want to show up and help people. There's a lot of work okay. to do in this world. There's a lot of things that, that is underway. And I want to be of service to that. Um, and that can show up in big and small ways. Um, and But then also it's like, and may I share my gifts. Like I am gifted and, and it, like, and it's weird because I probably even a year would not even say that out loud. Right. on a podcast but like it's each of our responsibility we must acknowledge find harness and develop our gifts because that is how i can be of this, by not hiding those by lifting them up recognizing that yeah like everyone's good at something and this is what i'm good at so i'm going to feature that lead with it and help people with it um right. and so yeah, so that's my daily prayer that kind of centers me into, I might not always know what to do in a given moment, but I know what my deeper intention is. 
And then the other thing I would say is like really actually valuing what I call my spiritual practice, um, which I avoided for so long. And by the way, I just want to define spiritual practice. Spiritual practice is anything that you do that connects you to the source of, of who you are, the truth of who you are. I just interviewed this incredible woman on, on Soul Feed. It comes out as of us recording this right now. It comes out this Sunday. And it, her name's Raw Goddess, R-H-A, Raw Goddess. And she's, she's a mentor to some of the greatest like social makers and leaders, oh, really? Gabrielle Bernstein. She, she's worked with Gabby Bernstein for Gabby's like whole career virtually. Um, and she's coming out with her book and we did an interview. And one of the things she said in the interview that really struck me is asking ourselves, where is this sourced from? When you're doing something, when you're saying something, where is it sourced from? Cause it's always sourced from somewhere. Is it sourced from fear? Is it sourced from ego? Is it sourced right. from love? Is it sourced from, from God or universe or whatever you call it? So for me, like the spiritual practices is, getting all of the stuff out of the way, the limitations, the noise, the who we should be, I'm putting that in quotes, um, and getting clear about our connection to source, whatever that is for you. And so some days that for me, that's a hike. Uh, some days that, that for me, that's a, um, my yoga practice. Some days, it, 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 virtually every day it's a station. Um, and I'm also doing a 40 day practice right now of yoga nidra. But the, but the reason that I say the spiritual practice is like, if you're not cultivating a relationship with your inner world, then it's all going to be about what's happening outside of you. Right. It's all going to be about the reactivity to this person did this and this person did that. And I'm late to this and I don't have enough money for this. And like, it just, if you don't have that, if, if, if you're not daily, not in the daily practice of cultivating that inner space, then it'll just default to someone else's agenda, which usually has something to do with things happening outside of us. Right. It's, it's like you're, you're going through the world and you're not, your raft that you're on isn't, isn't inflated enough. And so you're just bumping into all these rocks that deflated even more. And so you, you don't have that clear path. And, and, you know, like for the longest time I've talked about it on here is I've had a, a, a practice of meditation that was off and on for so long. It, it'd get really into it and then something would happen and I'd, I'd miss a couple of days and then, then it's a month and then I'd get back into it and you can feel that process happening when you're really in the thick of it, you can feel kind of navigating the world with that, that sense of space or, or that connection to source, like you're talking about. And then when you're, you're not in that, you feel it ending and then you just kind of beaten down. So you don't even, sometimes you don't even realize that it's missing until you're like, Oh, I meditate today. And they're like, Hey, Oh yeah. There's this thing that I'm supposed to be doing to take care of myself and to take care of the others that I care about. I love, I love the way you're putting that. It's like, it's like, sometimes I don't feel like I need to take a shower, but after I take a shower, I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, wow, I feel amazing. Like <laughs> I should do this more often. I mean, right. I, I'm making it sound like shower. Um, but it's, it's kind of like that. And, and I find that, I mean, thank God now I'm in a place where 
I'm like basically not only meditating every day, I'm like meditating and doing my yoga ninja practice, which is like so crazy to think about. If I think back like a year ago, two years ago, because of all of the excuses that I would make up to not be with myself. And the biggest excuse of all was that it was a waste of time. There's more important things you could be doing. Yeah. And those more important things usually were shifting me into my neurotic fear self of like, go, 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 do, do, do. And doing from a place of frenetic fear of, of, of needing to control things. Right. And so I think that that uh, through the practice, you know, now it's like flossing, it's like brushing the teeth, it's like taking a shower. And that's the benefit of, of doing the practice is you will get to a point where you'll just like, you'll just want to do it. <laughs> like, you'll just like, I really want to do this right now. And, and on the days that you don't want to do it, you die. Right. Uh, because you just know that it's your commitment. And, and, I, and that's the thing I think about like a spiritual practice is it is a commitment. It's not going to happen on its own. And the world is not necessarily going to support you just kind of falling into your spiritness. Right. Like you have to be like, I am claiming this space. And, and that m- means valuing that space. And what you're really valuing is your relationship with being with yourself. Right. Um, and that to me, like that, infor- that is what informs every other relationship in my life. So how dare I not value me and then expect other people to do it? <laughs> like, Exactly. I think uh, one of my favorite things to talk about is, is honoring, as you were mentioning, honoring this practice, but also honoring yourself. And I think one of the biggest things that I work on with myself or when I'm counseling with people is honoring emotions. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and really looking at the value of what the emotions are and why you're reacting in a certain way or, or what that message of that emotion is, because my belief is that emotions are these messages that we have and we often misconstrue them as positive or negative when in reality they're neither. It's how we how we kind of go about it. And so honoring emotions, I think, is one of the biggest things, because as you're talking about it our reactions to the emotions aren't necessarily because of what those loved ones are doing. Or if I'm angry, it's not necessarily because someone I care about said something mean to me. It kind of strikes deeper into to myself and it resonates in a way that I don't like. And that's what kind of brings out more. And I feel mm. like that's super hard to, to be vulnerable about and actually admit it's like, it's not, that I'm mad at what you said to me or your action. It, it struck a deeper chord in me and I'm reacting to that. Mm. Yeah. And like, it's so interesting. The, um, the difference between our emotions, which my favorite definition of emotion is energy and motion. Yeah, that's uh, I first heard that my teacher, my yoga teacher, Sean Korn mentor, and then, and then our stories about our emotions. So the emotions are just energy, right. and energy needs to move. And if we try and if we try and contract around our emotions, then we're suppressing the movement of energy, right. and that suppression becomes tension, and that tension becomes chronic tension, and that chronic tension becomes disease. And then it's like, oh, and then I have a backache, or then I have a stomach, and like. 
eventually that energy will have to move. We like there is no reality in which we can suppress, 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 and not implode or explode. Yes, exactly. And so oftentimes the reason that we suppress is that we are afraid of the story that we're telling ourselves about the emotion. And, and, and for so many men, that story is we're not allowed to feel. Right. Um, and we're certainly not allowed to convey our feelings. And then it becomes this, this um, uh, pressure cooker. And that's why men, so, so many men, um, including myself, I've dealt with this, it, it, like a deal with rage right? and anger. And rage and anger are not bad. They're just energy and, and they, are, they need to move. We need to find outlets to move the energy and to release so that we can create something new. Um, and yeah, it, it's just like an interesting interesting time that we live in because I feel like people are becoming more open to this wisdom, um, the wisdom of the body. And our, there's nothing bad about our emotions at all. It's just energy. Right. There's nothing bad about the sun. You can, but you can get a sunburn if you sit out in it too long. There's nothing bad about the winter, but you probably want to have a fire or some heat <laughs> if you're lasting through the winter. So it's about how can, because we're human beings, we have this ability to choose, supposedly, <laughs> if we're conscious, right. we have the ability to choose how do I want to direct this energy and who do I want to be with this energy. Right. I, I can be experiencing rage, but I might need to yell in my car. I actually just did this today. This is like not a far off experience. I was running late to something. I was really frustrated that I was running late and I was pissed. And in the past I would have said, you're not allowed to be pissed. That's an ugly emotion. Right. Because my dad used to get really angry and I used to judge the bejesus out of him because his anger felt harmful to me. And I was younger. It felt dangerous. It felt scary. So I shut that down in me. That's not okay. That's not okay. You're going to hurt someone. You're going to hurt someone. That's my story in my mind. But actually, I could just yell in my car. Right. I'm not like looking at someone. I'm not flicking people off. I'm just, ah! Right. And, and, and I know now my story is different. You, my story is you better yell right now because God knows where that energy is going to go if you become unconscious. So the best thing that we can do is process our emotions as quickly as we can. Like, we might not always be able to, you know, yell in public, but like, but don't let it go un, unscreamed. Like we must, if you got to scream, you got to scream. If you got to like punch a pillow, you got to punch a pillow. Right. Um, go for a hike, kickboxing, running, yoga, jogging, therapy, like all of these things are, are tools that we can use to move energy. So it's it's a necessary part of the healing is the is the release and the discharge i'm lucky enough that there's a, a train track right next to my my work so when i have a, a really tough set or something's going on and i need to bridge that gap between my next client and, and kind of discharge some of that residual energy that kind of sticks with me i'll go out there and just start screaming at the, <laughs> at the train it's far enough away that like my me. Um, but I'm always wondering if if one day uh, someone at the 
the YMCA is going to call the cops and, hey, there's some bearded guy out there screaming at a train. Um, but I, <laughs> I think, yeah, movement is so key in the sense of, of not getting things stuck in, in our, our tissues and our fascia and, and, and that energy, that stagnant energy has nowhere else to go. It is going to explode, explode or implode on you. And I think finding that way, whatever works for you is, is one of the best, healthiest kind of modalities that you can create in your life. Yeah. And, and there's really, there's not really a right or wrong way to express emotion, but there, but my thing is like, how can I release this energy and do less harm? Right. You know, like, because when emotions are intense, we have the ability to harm someone or harm ourselves. Right. And so that's what it looked like for me to like become responsible for this energy. Like that's what it means to be the adult in the room and not fall prey to the child victim that wants to like act out and react and harm. And so if, again, if I want to feel good about myself, then how can I do less harm, but still honor the intensity of energy that's moving through me and let it have the outlet that it deserves, but let it have an outlet in a way that's like, for my highest good and the highest good of everyone around me. But part of that is just not judging. And I just have this beautiful image of you yelling at a train. I I like that. (laughs) (laughs) That feels very cathartic. And is it like honking as it goes by? Uh, Sometimes it does. They they can't really see me because there's some trees there. But I I like to channel. The image I channel is that the train coming by is is a bear. And I have to scare the bear off with the intensity of myself and my posture and, and the energy. So that way it doesn't come closer. It, there's a lot of like veins popping out of my neck when it happens, or I'm assuming there's a lot of veins. Popping out of my <laughs> I haven't recorded it, but maybe I'll I'll do that one day. Yeah, it sounds like a really cool like panorama, like video pan, maybe like a drone image of like you yelling at the train, part of a music video or something. Yeah, it could be a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I have kids do it too sometimes when, when they come in and, and they, one kid joking, joking around called it scream meditation. And I was like, Oh, I'm using that. <laughs> like, I, I think that's so fantastic. So we're, I love that scream yeah. meditation. It's so important. Like this is, I think like, you know, I don't want to necessarily scream at someone, but I need right. to scream sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's why music can be so cathartic too is like hitting those really, really intense parts. Um, I don't know. Have you seen Frozen 2 yet? I haven't seen. For, for, I saw Frozen 1. Okay. Frozen, two, Frozen 2 is hands down one of... People on here may be really bored of Frozen 2, but Frozen 2 <laughs> is one of my favorite Disney movies of all times now. Uh, and that's wow. counting, you know, I love Fox and the Hound. I love the classics. Uh, Robin Hood was one of my favorite classics. I remember growing up, seeing the Robin Hood uh, Fox Disney movie and saying, that's what love is, him and Maid Marian. And so like for the longest time, I've always, I joked around about finding my Fox and um, my wife one year for, for Christmas, she bought me the movie. We didn't have it. And so that's always been my favorite. Although watching it now is not as pleasant as, <laughs> as it used to be. It didn't really hold up. Um, but Frozen 2 has kind of taken over uh, and disconnects. Uh, it's so empowering for for my daughter's like turning five, and it's so empowering to have these strong women leads in, in these shows, and then also not having that male 
heroic figure always coming and save them right and there's some these small things that kind of feeds into that and and talks about men talking about their emotion and there's a whole song where Kristoff is singing about his emotions and it is really great um but there's a song in there that's called into the unknown and obviously i can't remember her name but the actress that plays um elsa has this amazing voice um is it adina menzel yeah adina menzel she's she's Uh fantastic um and so my daughter and I sing it all the time because it's so strong and powerful. But Panic mm. at Panic at the Disco does it too. That's a little bit more raw. And sometimes, like if, if there's energy that's kind of stuck or has just been stressful, we'll put that on and we choreograph this whole whole dance to it. Me and her, but like it's really good to sing it in that kind of vein too. Of this intense kind of not quite scream, but like high pitch, like really intense, energetic. Uh, dance number i guess you would call it i love that this could be like the like the next like daddy daughter viral video (laughs) it ends (laughs) it ends in this uh kind of pose where i lift her up over my head and she she's kind of a star and then she (laughs) she crawls down my and then kind of flips down to the ground so oh my gosh there's choreography and everything no there's a lot of choreography in in the practice of it (laughs) i love this yeah, so, I'm so, sure you're a great dad. Yeah, I mean, I, I try my best. We have our issues, but I think I'm trying to teach her what we're talking about is is that, you know, these emotions are okay. We have to get moving and so they don't become stuck and processing them and then coming back and talking about them is so important. Mm. Yeah, and, and you're so, like, right on in the messaging that gets subconsciously put into um, – kids at a young age especially girls so to have like to see women in their power supporting one another and finding their own strength right that's that i mean these things like leave such a mark like you just mentioned fox and the hound i remember like how sad i was watching that movie i loved it too when i was so young but like really dealing with like loss and death right it's a really intense one i remember like thinking that then i was like this is so sad Right. And I mean, like, for some reason, Disney always puts these really intense moments in there. And actually, again, I'll get this is the last person, too. There's a part, I don't believe you. Yeah. Last <laughs> thing on this podcast. It will come um, there's a part in one of the original songs where it's a lullaby that, that their mom sings to them. And part of the warning was like, not too deep or else you're, you'll drown. And when you first hear that, you're like, what? why why would that be in the song and they actually reference it later in the movie they're like why is it always so dark and morose in these lullabies that we have and yes we get there's a warning but it's not about drowning um so i i loved it for that kind of comic play on, on mm. the classical disney um you know 101 dalmatians is such an abstract idea for a movie it's like hey we love dogs everyone loves dogs Let's have a villain that wants to skin these dogs for little kids, you know? Um, Right. So it's interesting how how those things subconsciously kind of come into effect. And you kind of know it when you're younger, but now we look back, it's like, oh, yeah, that's did that happen that way? Cruella DeVille, that's why. If she doesn't scare you, then nobody will. (laughs) No, No one alive will scare you. Um, but I, but I think, you know, we're talking about Disney, but this goes into programming 
for anything that's happening around right now. Commercials. I was just talking to someone about the commercials for food and how food has become this this itemized thing to sell instead of being something to enjoy and and really um, spend time with and, and cultivate. It becomes like, oh, okay, now Lucky Charms has the cereal that's all marshmallows. We got to go get that because the TV's telling me that. And so it's interesting where these messages kind of come from and, and we're not we see it but we don't know how it affects us at times because it comes up in all these weird different ways yeah and it like it's it's so um pivotal that we we kind of extract these you know because marketing has played a huge role in informing people's desires like i i like the goal is to make you want something right and you really want it and then and our culture sort of built on this consumerism of let me get more, let me get more, let me get more. And what what I feel like our generation is learning is that no matter how much you have, it doesn't bring you the fulfillment or the happiness that we've been sold. Right. We've been we've been sold this pursuit of happiness if we if we get the million dollars, if we get the however many dollars, or if we get the car, or if we get the job, or if we get the wife, or the husband, or the man, or the whatever, that then we will be happy. That this like pursuit will be will will be the source of our happiness, and it's a lie. <laughs> like, yeah. and 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 we're seeing it. We're seeing it in in how addiction shows up in our culture, and and dissatisfaction just a general dissatisfaction numbing and yeah i think you know i've i grew up middle class and and it may be like upper middle class and and i've you know had the i've had proximity to a lot of wealth um in my like 20s and early 30s known all with with resources and money and access and power and all these these things, which has just given me such a fascinating insight into what wealth doesn't do. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, sure, it, it definitely gets some things done. Like, I don't want to, like, write off the value of having money and access and resources. Like, that's great. Um, but really, it's about what you do with, and you are and who you are with you know a thousand dollars is who you are with ten thousand dollars and and all the way up the scale to a million you know so it's like so you know with the marketing like we're sold things you want this you want this don't you want it don't you want it like oh my and then we just like we fixate our life energy on like the consuming and the getting and then and then you have these people with garages and storage units full of stuff right yeah that they struggle to like but doesn't bring them joy that's why Marie Kondo is like is so popular right now holding everything that you own and saying like does this spark joy and if it doesn't to let it go and uh I've been through this process recently of of moving and I live in a beautiful space um in Los Angeles in the Santa Monica Mountains in a canyon called Topanga Canyon oh nice and and my space is unique, so I had to, like, let go of some of my things. I downsized from my one-bedroom apartment to basically, like, a smaller one-bedroom studio ha- house unit kind of thing. 
anyway, like just the unique layout of it made me have to be creative about what do I actually want and what do I need? Right. Like society has told me to have all these things and I have all these things that I'm storing and, and I've let go of so much and I've never felt, felt more abundant, wealthy and aligned than I have like pursuing more of a intentional, I don't know if I would say I'm minimalist. I don't know if I've quite like <laughs> deserved that badge, but like, but moving, I've been, I've been more minimal, minimalist and question these things that society has said, oh, you need to want that. You should want that. You need to have that. And then I just, without question, and like consuming. Right. It feels so much more aligned and empowering and me. I think that's the, that, that, that's the key. Is It's not about having more. Or having, it's about do you, can you design a life that's in alignment with you instead right. of just assimilating and adopting someone else's prescription of how a life should be lived? I love that because a couple of years uh, last year ish we had a mold issue in the, in the house and we had to get rid of we ended up moving but we actually had to get rid of a, a decent amount of our stuff because that's a really tricky thing to get rid of on things like how how do you cure the mold in books right because paper is so pliable and it, it absorbs all this stuff and i've always been in the past this this big book guy. I really enjoy reading i, I really like cultivating and having these books i've been reading this series of fantasy novels since third grade and I have every novel in the series and there's 35 books in the series so far and in doing that work I would let go of a lot of things because I, I had to ask those questions too is like how what is this for me and yes I like this concept of having collecting but really I, I was able to let go of it because I knew it was helped me to kind of move forward and not be attached to some of these smaller things or, you know, I don't know if you've seen the background. I got a lot of captain America stuff up and, mm -hmm. um, getting rid of some of my figurines or something of that nature too also had to happen. And what I, I found when that started to happen a lot easier to, to start looking at that going forward. And do I really need this? Do I really need to hold on to this? And it was easier for me to say, no, this really, there's no, I like this thing, like Captain America. I like all these things that people have bought me, but really I don't need it. And so like doing some donating and, and getting rid of the 25 Captain America shirts I have that I'm never wearing, but I have 25 Captain America shirts and, and giving those to other people. I felt, I felt really connected and, and the sense of grace and, and being able to take a look at that stock in my life and, and, and give to other people i i so resonate with that because i found so much joy in like the furniture that i sold and the stuff that i donated i found so much joy in finding things their new home right like and and i i sold a number of pieces of my furniture and made like a good amount of money that i was able to then put towards new things for my for my new apartment um, and I had forgotten that they, I had the furniture that I had had value, right? Like that I was able to like make money from finding a new home for it. And, and yeah, so it, it was just this like process and for 
your listeners listening, I think like a great question to ask yourself is like, because I've, I've caught myself in this dynamic, like in order to up level in my life, I need to make this kind of investment or I need to be this kind of person. I need to like kind of thing or spend this amount of money on this investment or whatever. And, but really it's like, it's not always aligned with what feels good and true for me. Um, So it's like, yes, sometimes we need to take risks in our, in our lives and in our businesses. We need to like kind of do uncomfortable things. Right. But we shouldn't we shouldn't like do things that other someone else is telling us to do unless it feels like a yes to us. Even if it feels scary or risky, it needs to feel still like an aligned yes. And and so I think like if you're listening and and like something to think about, like a question to ask yourself is is what does wealthy look like, feel like to you? Like maybe like like write out like your vision of wealth, and I'm not just talking about stuff. I'm talking about like what do you do? You spend your time. How do you feel? Who are you with? What are you working on? And yes, what do you have? And what and what do you love that you have? What do you spend your money towards? Um, and to like really because we we all arrive and like be in our abundance. Um, it doesn't mean that we all need to be bajillionaires to right. experience wealth, but wealth is who we are. And I'm, I'm not just talking about financial wealth, that, that the abundance uh, is an aspect of wealth. But like, I'm also talking about the wealth that like, we woke up today. We're here. We have our attention. We have our, our discernment. We have our practice. We have our ability to, to be here. And so that's much more than a lot of others can say. Right. <laughs> um, and so taking responsibility for how you define like what is wealthy for you to work. It takes work to undo the conditioning because the conditioning is conditioned. We, 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 we don't, we don't even question the conditioning because right. that's how normal it is. But, but if you start to question, like, I don't know if this is working for me. And, and I think that's one of the beautiful things about the spiritual journey is when you're on a spiritual path, which I believe all of us are on a spiritual path. Right. <laughs> like I definitely agree with that too. Like you, something will come knocking at your door and it'll be like, I don't know, it's working for you. And if you're like me, you'll be like, shut up, get out. I'm uninterested. <laughs> right. That's too inconvenient for me. I'm in control here. Get out of my life. And then it'll come eventually pounding on my door and I'll probably get mad frustrated things on my way and then if i don't if i don't deal with that truth that something is trying to make itself known like this is not working for you something bigger will happen right uh, i mean all the list can go on of, of the things that can happen to really wake someone up you know some for some people it's disease for some people it's trouble sleeping for some people it's losing a job for some people, it's losing a job and, and feeling so glad that they did. It's like, I fired myself right. and quit months <laughs> ago. Like, so, so the courage of the spiritual practice is to be in relationship with the knock. 
And, and I think that that's what a, a conscious path offers. Like if you're on a conscious path of like doing your inner work, whether that's yoga or meditation or therapy or all of the above, uh, you start to listen to the knocking. You start to listen to the knocking instead of waiting for the, for the thunder and the lightning and the <laughs> right. Uh, so it's such a. I think I'm gonna call. Listen for the knocking. It's probably gonna be the episode name of of this mm. one. Um, I love that. It's it's such a. I don't even have the words to describe it. I, I love that quality. How you were able to break that down, because I do feel like a lot of times not only listening to that and, and, and adjusting for that, but also not like we were talking, getting honoring our gifts is something that could lead to these things and could lead to disease. And we don't make that connection a hundred percent of the time that, Hey, I'm dealing with this issue because I'm not listening to, to what is intuitively the best for me. I'm kind of pushing it away. And so it does, ramp up in manifestations like hey you got to pay attention to this and we we get we disconnect so much more from it the more it gets intense and we're just like why is this happening to me instead of oh no there were signs of how i should have adjusted a little bit um and i just didn't notice them or didn't i, I love mm-hmm. yeah didn't notice them didn't accept them and and you know like it's it's okay too like you're gonna you're gonna it's not about being perfect and we have to sometimes have these experiences to make us even realize like, Oh, that, I, that was knocking, wasn't it? Right. I didn't hear that. I genuinely just didn't hear looking. Uh, and so it's like, it's, it's, um, I love the quote. Things aren't happening to you. They're happening for you. Yeah. So like, problem. Yeah, like, this isn't punitive. Like, no one's, like, charming us, right? Like, it can feel that way if we're really attached to the structures that are depleting us mm -hmm. and, and causing us harm. But we are, th this is kind of, like, the foundation of, of my understanding of belief, is, like, we are here to be the highest expression of ourselves. We're here to, yes, we're human, and we're humbly human, and we are animal in nature, we're, we're here to wake up to the God or the goddess in each of us. God is not outside of us. God, is, God is, is outside of us and also inside of us. There's no separation. And so we're meant to be awake. We're meant to be in our power. We're meant to be on our purpose. We're meant to experience deep peace and fulfillment in this sense of knowing that I am who I am and I'm in this moment and this moment is the exact moment I'm meant to be in. And if, if for some reason we're in some kind of delusion or some kind of system that's sucking our life energy, then there will be a wake-up call for our benefit. Right. Because it's time to wake up. It is time to wake up. It's, it's, um, it's a fascinating time that we live in, you know, like with, with, with technology, with how much people are seeing patterns of trauma that we just haven't seen the way that we're, we are now seeing before the, the, the expediency with which we have information at fingertips. Uh, you know, this is, this is a time of, of waking up. Um, I, I know that it's not just me and you, Steve, like having this conversation in a vacuum, 
the reason that we see so much struggle happening in the world right now is there's a lot of reckoning happening because you can't solve a problem that you're unwilling to look at. Right. And so the first step is awareness. And that, that's why it can be so uncomfortable to be in the world right now. Get like what's happening um, is that people are, are like, whoa, like something's got to change. Yeah. This isn't working. Okay. <laughs> exactly. And that goes both both like in our individual lives and the collective. You're so profound, man. Thank you so much for this. I really enjoy talking to you, Shannon. You have so much information and we have to do another podcast at some point because there's so much more I want to talk about, but you know, I'm honored and and I feel nothing but compassion and grace for you coming on and, and just putting these words out there for people to hear. Oh, thank you so much, Steve. I feel equally um, appreciative and grateful. Uh, and, and uh, yeah, I've just loved this conversation connecting with you. So thank you for, for inviting me and for being who you are and doing your work uh, in the world. And thank you for the space that you create and the questions that you asked because uh, it's it's been a great time talking to you and I'm totally down to do it again. Awesome. So I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. If you or someone you know would like to be on the podcast, please outreach to us at info at the Promethean project.org. If you want to learn more about the Promethean project, or if you would like to donate to our cause, you can reach us at thepermetheanproject.org. If you really do enjoy this podcast, please share with your friends. Please like our posts on social media and Instagram and on Facebook. And please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or any podcast app that you like to listen to. Again, thank you for taking a listen. And remember that the most important step is always the next one.